Oh, I like to be tied up. Oh, I like dressing up like a woman. Coming to you live from the Kosher Studios in Woodridge, Illinois, this is Behind the Destruction, the Demolition Derby podcast. And now your hosts, Chris Newmer and Steve Kersky Jr. Welcome to Behind the Destruction. Well, this is episode number 13 of Behind the Destruction. Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. <sighs> I am Chris Newmer. Uh, with me, as always, 2011 national champion demo driver and a man who knows that dirty money still pays the bills, Steve Gursky Jr. How you doing, Steve? Well, I'm doing. Okay, yeah, you threw me there for a minute. <laughs> This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Driven Restorations. The first step to driving your dream is contacting Driven Restorations at 608-609-5041 or finding them on Facebook. I mean, some dude had a fetish for balloons. All right. Not too weird. Well, he'd blow up a balloon and it'd be kind of like... be like... Doing a trick as he's blowing it up, he's getting all excited. When it pops, he gets off. I find he those looks fetish like things it. so weird, like uh, the foot fetish one. I mean, I I know you maybe you don't have a weird thing about your feet, but I know that you don't like you don't like going into showers without like shower shoes on, unless it's my own shower. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I don't I don't get the foot fetish at all. Like I don't I don't. I mean, there's certain things where I go, okay, you know, that's... Yeah, I, but mine's not a foot fetish. Like a foot... No, me, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm more with you. It's like I don't want anything to do with the... I don't want anything to do with the foot. Like that to me is like, I mean, keep that out of the bed. You know, I like the way women's feet look. You know, I don't want toes that are all like wrinkly and nail toenails that are all yellow and stuff. You know, I can re- enjoy a nice... Foot high arch. I'm not saying I want her to be like Big Bird, you know, with like claws and talons and stuff. I'm just saying, like, but see, like, if I was single, which when I was, if I seen disgusting feet, not mm-hmm. even disgusting, just like not good looking feet, it would turn me off big time. Hmm. Okay. So, but I'm not like licking toes and getting foot jobs. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I think I can do the math on that. I don't know. I just, to me, I don't think, like, if you have if you have a very attractive woman and she's got, like, I don't know, if, if you got a very attractive woman and she's got, like, below the ankle, it looks like, uh, you know, something. Hammered dog shit. Yeah, like hammered dog shit. <laughs> you know, just, like, huge bunions or, or weird looking toes where they're all weird lengths and like the fourth toe is the longest toe or something. And she's really attractive above the ankle. I'm like, Psh, whatever. Well, I can't do that. I mean, I don't even, if she could like somehow figure out a way to write with her feet by like putting the pen in and like, you know, finger toes or something like that. I'm like, fine, whatever. Well, that's fine. But I don't know. Disgusting feet just shows that like they don't take care of themselves, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. I guess the other thing is is that, like, the feet of athletes are, like, 
I have runner's feet because I run a lot, so I have all sorts of weird calluses and and things, and I'm sure I've broken a toe or two at some point in time, and yeah, they're at see, weird angles. Guys, that's different though. You know, like women, sure, you know, yeah, I'm sure they get calluses and stuff like that if they're runners or, you know, they play some, you know, some kind of sport, but, you know, that's different, I guess. It's not like, hi, I work at the Gap and look at my nasty feet. No, that that is not a good sales campaign. <laughs> yeah, I, I. but it just that said, I just, the, the foot fetish thing is not one that I understand. I mean, I, like... Um, if I, I think I've even mentioned this to you before that if I had a choice, I would like to have like a hand fetish so that it's like everywhere I looked, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, think about that. It's like, if you, if you like, if you're, if you like butts or you like boobs or something like that, it's like, you know, everything's hidden away. It's like, you like the hand. It's like, you're constantly walking around like. The but, world is your ah, but see, this is different though. See, if yeah, if you actually had a hand fetish, whereas I guess I would say I have a butt fetish. So, like you know, you check out women's butts. Okay, every butt I see, I'm not like wow, you know, flat ones, small ones, big ones, wide ones. You know, no, I have a certain type where I'm like, wow, that's a nice ass. Now, if you had a hand fetish, you'd be the same way. That's what I'm saying. But I'm, I've already got my hand fetish uncovered. I mean, everywhere I look, it's like that's just... Maybe yeah, I need a certain is, manicure you, you and stuff. You would have a type, though, if it was... You wouldn't like big knuckles or something like that. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I like big knuckles, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Moose knuckles. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I just... That, to me, it's like I, I can't get... the. But, you know, what started us out talking about the fetishes and you were talking about the balloons, it's like, I, I just can't get on board with that. I'm like... Or the guy who, like, makes out with his car. That was one. I, you know, I'd like some of these. Like, I think it would be pretty... Like, I'd love to think that I could, like, go to the store and buy balloons and, like, this would do something for me. I'd love that be like to going be the to case. the store and buying vaginas. It's like, yeah, well, <laughs> it's like going out on a really great date, you know? It's like, except where did I go? I went to the party store. And it's like, well, in that show, the guy had, they threw a balloon party and he went and it was like a orgy for him with all these balloons. I mean, he's blown up a balloon that was like the size of like 10 basketballs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, it's like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I don't, I don't think it's a fetish, but it's like, it's like, well, what do you like? It's like, uh. I'd like a woman I like and can get along with. Yeah. Is that? The, the, I think what you said was you like whatever you could get. You know, potato, potato. <laughs> I think we're, I think we're, we're splitting hairs at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, what else did they have on this show? Now you've got me curious. Um, I don't know. It wasn't like your normal fetish where it was. Oh, I like to be tied up, or oh, I like dressing up like a woman it wasn't stuff like that it no, was no, like no, stuff I... that was far out far out um i do also i think that the imagination that a lot of people show is something that i would love to be able to have like um at, like for example like anytime you do any role playing it's like you know i i've watched enough either law and order or csi to know that 
uh, about half of America is trying these weird robber burglary uh, role-playing scenarios, then they always end up going wrong. It's like, I'd love to be able to think that I, like, it's like, I'm, oh my God, what's going on in the other room? Oh my God. But like my time would, like my whole thing would be, I'd be watching this unfold and I'd be like, all right, there's my girlfriend in a mask, boy. Well, see, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I, like my wife and I, I don't, you know, I couldn't, (laughs) it'd be like, uh. Hey, honey, I'm gonna act like a burglar. You just lay. She's like, "What the hell are you doing? This yeah. is stupid." This is Steve. Take off that mask. Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, the ro- whole role playing thing. You know, oh, I'm the pool boy, but I don't have a pool. You know, all that. What is all right? That I don't do? have a pool skimmer. Yeah. I can't get into that. It's like I, I unfortunately, I am, I am in reality to the point where I don't think I can actually enjoy anything like that because it's like I can't buy in. No, I don't. I've been a bad girl, Daddy. Uh, and that's weird. Yeah. Well, there, there. You know, it's like some things that I, I sort of go, okay. Like, you know, it's like I understand, but it's the ones that it's like I, I'm like, just try to explain this to me because I can't wrap my head around how this is. I mean, I can't think of the other ones, but you know, the guy with the balloons, the guy with the car. There was a chick. I think she had a tattoo fetish where she'd orgasm while getting a tattoo. Okay. I mean, she was covered head to toe. And well, she of course. Tons of tons of uh, piercings and stuff. And I do, it's just odd things. You know, I want to say there was something with, like, heights. Hmm. You know. Well, they had that movie. Um, I think it was in, like, 1995 or something like that. It was called Crash. No. And the people got off by being in car crashes. Yeah. And it was like uh, scars and injury. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen that movie. There's another movie named. Oh, Crash like you too. can look at an amputee and not get turned on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's another movie called Crash. Also. Yeah, that was more about race relations. Uh, which I'm sure, in its own right, is another fetish just out like there. The movie uh, Drive. Yeah, there's only one of those though. Yeah. And that Thank was God! Totally not about. Actually, no. Anything. That was yeah. That was wasn't bad. Just mislabeled. Yeah, I mean, if you want to watch a guy get his head stomped into a bloody mess, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, by Ryan. Oh Goss, yeah, that's right. Name. Yeah, yeah, the fire extinguisher scene. Yeah. Which again, I'm sure is right there. For it's some good people. right after you just made out with a chick, you know, and uh, then she sees you totally smash a guy's face into nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good director. I, I, I'm uh, I'm understanding why I'm still single. It's uh, stuff like that. I have I have failed to do the fire extinguisher in the elevator face smash. Yeah. It shows that you're completely not psychotic. That that actually is working to my detriment. <laughs> Steve, you've actually been doing something the last couple of weeks that I find to be immensely fascinating. You are building your own vehicle to drive around on the streets. Yes, that I am doing. I, you know, to me, I grew up just outside Chicago in a, like, close to the subway system. Like, cars are something you buy. They are not something you build. Trucks are something you buy. They are not something you build. And so you, like, literally building your own truck... It is like, like wow, that is fascinating. You do know that I build cars for people, 
I know. Day, I, I mean, right? I know you do this, but it's like you're somehow that seems different. Is it is it just my perception? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just sold uh, just sold my normal truck, the 2007 Chevy. Just sold that recently, and uh, don't use it much anymore. So I decided I was going to look for an older Chevy pickup, and couldn't find any that I really wanted to overpay for because everyone thinks they're collectors now. So I had some pieces and parts and just bought some other parts and putting together my own truck now. So, I Yeah, that's exactly what, that's the part that I find so interesting. So you are just MacGyvering together a truck from bits and pieces of other trucks. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to make uh, an older Chevy truck. uh 20 mile per gallon uh, mobile so empty when it runs empty so you know why i'm doing it uh enlighten me because i can <laughs> i guess that's the other thing if you were able to play the drums i'd probably talk about how that to me is just uh, i'm like wow i wish i could that, do that that'd be interesting See, to me like you being amazed by it, it i'm for me it's just like huh because i mean it's normal for me it, this is you know a lot of people tell me that, oh, that's a gift that you have for, you know, how much knowledge you have in vehicles. And I kind of a curse because, you know, that's pretty much all I know. That's it. I have a lot of useless knowledge I can fill you with. It's like someone who knows a lot about sports stats and could tell you, like, what Ken Griffey Jr. did in, like, 1995. Yep. Buddy Bianco on his batting average for the Royals in 85. That's yep. what I got. Yep. See, now I can sit here and tell you – Tons of gear ratios and what crankshafts you can put in what blocks to make, you know, what kind of strokers and, you know, destro all this stuff. And, you know, I guess in my line of work, it's useful. But other than that, it doesn't make much for conversation. Especially the gear ratios. Underline the gear ratios. Because no one wants to hear about gear ratios. I, I just, you know, it's like, well, when I first started uh, learning about the demos and the car building and all that, it was the only thing I said that we absolutely, I was like, I wanted to learn everything. Except I had to draw the line somewhere, and that was about the gear ratios. And it's like, that's just. Well, see, and it's a funny thing, because I think a lot of people in racing uh guys i used to race with don't even understand gear ratios so um i just sat down and kind of made it i played the gear ratio to benefit me where i didn't have to go out and build a huge powerful engine to go fast i just i just played into well you know the old adage that you could take a two horsepower engine if you if you gear it right you can pull anything you know it's all about gear ratio so i just used underpowered engines with the gear ratio that suits me to get speed so uh, what yep oh, uh, there goes oh, uh, I, oh, 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 hold on I'm everyone back. just stop listening okay yeah. that's uh well your wife has a similar thing about gear ratios too doesn't she i mean it's good that she and i have the same uh line of demarcation yeah. where we just well you know the funny out. thing is is she's smart enough that i think she could probably read a couple books on it and have it down pat, and then we can actually sit and talk about it. But as soon, as soon as gear comes out of my mouth, she's gone. The eyes roll. She don't want to hear it. I think it's one of those things where, and I recall this uh, from, like, you know, being in college, where 
you'd be reading a page of like some book, something that you're supposed to read. You get to the bottom of the page and you're just like, I know I've been reading, but I don't remember any of the last like four sentences I've read. And you, you just you go up, oh, got to go back to the top again. And it's like, that's, is, is there something just inherently boring about the gear ratios or is it difficult to understand? I think that's what it is. I think it's just, it's simple to me. I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, if you want to talk about, you know, reading stuff and understand history, I could sit there and read that. Anything else, I mean, math was fine and stuff, but yeah. As soon as the organic chemistry comes out, it's like, woohoo. Charlie Brown's mom comes out, yeah. wah, 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 Pretty much. I mean, there was some stuff that you memorized so you could pass. But I mean, like when you read it in a book, you could read it a paragraph twice and it was still like, what? It just <laughs> doesn't, you don't get it. But like with gear ratios, it works for me. Other people just don't understand it. You know, I think, uh, well, you know, one guy that always surprised me that didn't understand it was Brian Anderson from Team 7. I could sit and talk to him about a ratio all day long. And, well, Chris McGuire, you know, he would brother. Yeah. And once I started talking about that, it was, you know, blank stare. Yeah. Well, you get that from me, too. I mean, yeah. I just I just go, hmm. This is the useless knowledge that I'm filled with. Well, see, I, like... At least there's a practicality to this knowledge um, in the sense that, you know, if you're driving somewhere and your car breaks down, you might be able to do something with it, providing you have the tools. Whereas the knowledge that I have of, like, how to use a Photoshop program or, um, you know, how to troubleshoot uh, a camera or something like that. Yeah, that's all stuff you can learn, though. But, I mean, there's some things in life that you have to have a talent to do. I mean, you can learn how to do you know mechanics and stuff like that you can learn body work but to be truly good at it and fast at it it's a talent that you you know well i mean i can learn how to do photoshop i can learn how to be a photographer you know stuff like that this is my point i look at these <laughs> things and i'm like there's there's really nothing inherently here what do i know that other people don't and it usually comes back to buddy Biancolana's batting average for there the 85 go. royals it's just, like, I'd love some something pertinent. Yeah, there's some things that'll just stick with you. That comes easy to you. Well, I think that that's, that also helps you sort of steer where you're going to go. Um, you know, for the example of, you know, some people have no concept of, uh, well, how to how to do body work. Or it's like, oh, God, body work? Oh, no. You, you go forth, you do, you do well, you've hit in the right direction, you understand the gear ratios, you see it, it's easy to you, that's where you are. Mm -hmm. It's like whenever it comes to writing, that's like, I'm there, I get it, I string the sentences together, I understand the sort of ebb and flow, creating the arcs, things like that. It's like, that's where I go. And it's like, but you know, if we're both on a desert island, I think one of our sets of skills is going to certainly be a little bit more helpful than the other. Yes, I'm sure my gear ratios will come in handy while I'm trying to make an engine with uh, coconuts. coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll certainly be better than me giving the coconut character yeah. flaws and traits <laughs> to overcome. Quite now, I'm finishing the plot. Yes, okay, let's see. Now, that palm tree, it's looking at me suspiciously. Well, I, all I'm going to say is that if, if uh, you know, a lot of people um, with the prevalence of zombie movies and things like that, they like talking about the uh, zombie apocalypse. Well, all I'm going to say is that if and when the zombie apocalypse comes, 
I am going to go straight to your house because I figure you've got some weaponry, you've got some technical know-how, and uh, I'm pretty sure on my own I'd last about 15 and a half seconds before I'd just break down crying. And I have lots of water. Yes, lots of water. In the basement. So if you're actually, if that's going to happen, which I have a feeling it might, Mm -hmm. uh, you got to let me know because i got to get another 10 gallons of... Consider this your heads up. I'm I'm in. (laughs) I'm not sure how I'm going to get, I'm not sure how I'm going to get to your place from Chicago, but consider, consider me being in. Well, well, telling you, you'll know right away. Better get out of there. Yeah. When, when all sorts of craziness hits the fan, that's... All right, time to time to head up to Wisconsin. That's what I that's what I got to do. Well, you know Mitt Romney, he's going to end up he's going to let out the zombie virus. Did you know our federal government actually has a zombie virus plan of action? What to do if if that's right? They had that. Um, they had an actual. Was it like a? It was like a test, um, like emergency response plan. Correct. Yep. Yeah, it's it's stuff like that. I mean, on one hand, I'm glad that there's a. Oh, I think it's impressive, but but on the other hand, you're like, okay, we're really in debt and, and we're spending money on this, huh? <laughs> what to do if when zombies come? Yeah, huh. that's uh. Don't go to the hospital. That's what I'd have to say. So when that when the apocalypse does come, I will I will make a a beeline for you. But uh, this is when Mitt Romney unleashes the uh, the zombie virus in a. Yeah. In a uh, fit of vengeful, uh, he will, he will do God's retribution. Work, yes, don't you know. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's going to be between Romney's end of days and the Mayan apocalypse and uh, everything else. It's going to be an interesting next six weeks, that's for sure. So, what do you think about that? Do you think it's possible or what? The zombie thing? No, I don't know about zombie, but about the whole Mayan calendar. Well, see, here's and... the other thing that I found. I found this, somebody pointed this out um, earlier this year, maybe late last year, was that um, the Mayans did not ever take into account leap year days. And since the, whenever this thing was, was, you know, thousands of years ago when they did this, um, it's like th- there's, you know, a hundred leap year days or something like that that should be accounted for maybe more i'm not you know I'm, i don't know what the math is on that and so it's like you look at that and it's like well if their math was correct the world should have really ended in 2011 even though 2012 is what they said but no i think there's i think there's absolutely nothing i, I of course i'm not i'm not a very religious man either i that that whole thing where i just go on spec that something that's not scientifically sound that i'm supposed to also believe in i have trouble with things like that see i don't know see my whole thing with the whole mayan calendar is you know their calendar ended into you know oh, it's 2012 um does anyone realize that you know the mayans aren't um you know that they are uh, they were wiped out do you think at I any like, point in time that the the calendar was, you know, going to end? Or the fact that they're like, what were they even doing making a calendar 4,000 years into the future anyway? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've got a calendar. I think it might end in February of 2013. Like, that's it. I, then it's time for a new calendar. Yeah, I just got a new calendar. You know when it started? When is that? January of 2013. Yeah, that's you're like okay. Good no. thing you're getting those out when it's November because now I have a new calendar that I can't use till the first of the year. Well, you know what they say: patience is a virtue. Yeah, that's great. But no, I, I get a kick out of that whole whole thing because you know, 
they're not still making, you know, it's not like the Mayans are there and decided, yep, this is when the end's going to be, so we're not going to write a calendar anymore. I mean, maybe the guy who was doing it just got tired. So said, you know, yeah. screw this. I'm tired of etching this into stone. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this is like, uh, this is this is four, this is 40, 40 hundred years from now. <laughs> Do we really, oh, I got to go one more, 12 more? I just, 12? Really? We're going to, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but like the other thing I'd like to know is were the Mayans right about anything? Like you see some of the uh practices that they engaged in, you know, whether it was sacrificing sacrificing virgins for good crops or um human sacrifice for this or um you know, bathing yourself in the blood to cure other things and it's like these are the people that we're listening to, the people who believe that we're sacrificing virgins for good weather. That's no. okay. Okay, this this one died of some mysterious disease. I will bathe in their blood. Mm-hmm. I seem to have some mysterious disease now. I don't... Let me bathe in that blood yes, now. I'm guessing the gods are angry at me. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't... I You know, I have a... Uh, I know a fair amount of the... Uh, film critics like on a on a national level just because i write about film and it's like you see some of these guys and you know they're wearing sweatpants with holes in the knees they haven't showered in three days they're wearing threadbare v-neck undershirts and you know they've got glasses with tape in like three different places they basically look homeless and it's like you know i wouldn't listen to you if you recommended something for me at mcdonald's i'm supposed to listen to your recommendation on film i think not and it's like you look at what the mayans have done it's like Okay, you're you're wrong on everything. You got wiped out by a hundred Spaniards, and I'm supposed to listen to your end of the world prophecy. I don't know. I think I just think uh, the human race in general has been obsessed with the end. There's always got to be an end. You mm-hmm. know, what was the beginning? You know, obviously it was God, or it was the Big Bang theory. Okay, well, what's the end? When is the end? What? Yeah. Why can't people just shut the hell up and just live life and just be happy with what's going on? Well, I've one thing that, and I this was something that I wasn't even aware of until people started mentioning it, was how many of the religions have end-of-days, prof, not prophecies, but sort of like fantasies, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. where it's like when the world ends, they get called up to heaven. And it's like, that's like, ooh, that's like, yay, go me. And I think in that sense that there's always you have the desire for that, and it's see that's I mean that's the only way I think if you know this comes through this December would be someone totally cracked out of their mind, you know, pushing a button to end it because they, you know, because of. Oh, the Mayans said it, or you know what I'm saying? Where they're just sort of gonna... a self-fulfilling prophecy that the only reason it's happening is because the Mayans said it would happen, and somebody acts accordingly to make it happen. Right. Like Iran decides that they're just going to just start shooting off some nukes, you know. We are going to check in with Sarah Stone, who is thinking about making a very interesting purchase here in just a minute. Riven Restorations, a family-owned and operated full-service auto restoration shop, which is located in Randolph, Wisconsin. Whether it's a full frame-off restoration or just a detail cleaning for the upcoming show season, bring your collector car or truck in to Driven Restorations. You can follow us on Twitter at Driven Resto, that's D-R-I-V-E-N-R-E-S-T-O. 
Facebook, or our website, DrivenRestorations.com. Driven Restorations will help you drive your dream. We are here with the show's very own Johnny Cash. Sarah Stone, one of our favorite all-time guests, has decided to make yet another appearance with us. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm great. How are you guys? Awesome. Good. Just awesome. Actually, i got to be honest, I'm a little bit scared, and I'll tell you why. Because the title of this segment is Sarah Stone's Got a Gun. These things are exciting. So, Sarah, you are now firing weaponry. Yes. It was a long start because the whole FOID card application, I didn't realize I had to answer all the questions, so it got rejected the first time. And which questions didn't you answer? It was asking about, like, mental stability and if I've ever done drugs and stuff like that. I just thought that was a little too personal. Of course. So you lied and answered then. No. Well, I just didn't answer them. And I decided I didn't want to sign it. But so they rejected it, and the assholes don't give you your $10 back. So then I had to send in another application. I tried to fill it all out this time, and we're, we're making progress. Well, how long you got until you're wheeling a gun around? Mm, probably a week and a half. Okay, all right. I well, have been going... I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. You know, Steve, you were telling me the other day, you're like, you know, if, if I just knew there was an expiration date on life or when the world would end, you know, it's like, oh, that would be great, you know, and it's like, well, I think we have it. Ten days. Yep, got a week and a half. Yep. No, I've been practicing at the shooting range. I am going to be a grade A gun shooter. So what, what in the world do you need a gun for? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I want... That's what all the people who have guns say that. I want to be able to shoot animals to eat them, so I want to go hunting. <laughs> really, it's like the ultimate or- organic food thing. I'm going to go out to the backyard and I'm going to shoot something that I can eat. Well, the squirrels in my backyard keep eating my um, plants that I planted, so I want to just be able to go out and shoot them with my 22. Hopefully that kills them. Um, that should, and they taste good too. So if we have any PETA people listening... Mm, yeah. You can eat the squirrels. Tastes like chicken. Of course, it all does. And I really don't like my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep, okay. Yeah, little did Chris, the... uh, aren't you in that neighborhood? Fortunately, no. Little did the people, little did the Foyd card people know that when they were accidentally rejecting her application that they had just stumbled onto something truly great in the process. Um, that, and I think the last reason is when I'm I feel like when I'm holding a gun, I am like the most powerful person in the world. It's just an amazing Ten feeling. Feet tall. <laughs> yep. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a text from Sarah that says, I've never felt more in control than with a loaded twenty-two in my hand. Hmm. And then uh, this was uh, followed quickly by, I'm also pretty sure that texting and shooting should be illegal because it's hard to shoot with one hand and text with the other. Hmm. I really do think that's more dangerous than texting and driving. I would have to agree. What what kind of guns have you shot? I've shot a twenty two. I've shot a nineteen eleven nine millimeter. No, nineteen eleven forty five, and a couple nine millimeters. Hmm. What's your favorite one? I liked the twenty two because it was didn't have a lot of recoil, but the forty five is probably my favorite. Now, which one brings out your eyes more, Steve? Have you, what about you? What, what what gun? What pistol brings out your eyes? Hmm. 
I have to say the old Colt. Yeah, the old yeah. Colt 45. So I got blue eyes. It's got the blue barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. really makes my eyes sparkle. Well, I want a pink one. And I found spray paint. So when I get my... I'm going to spray paint my gun. Ah, uh, you know, there really should be uh there there really should be a store out there for bedazzling your weaponry. Oh, perfect bedazzle. Yeah, sequins and uh kind of almost like hang like earrings off of them and stuff. Wouldn't that work? Accessorizing. Yeah, the, I think that that's a good idea, but only a gun that I wouldn't shoot. As it is, I don't really um like all the sparkling and the sparks that come out of the gun when I shoot it anyways, so Ah, yes, this brings to mind your ability to hit targets or things around the targets. Are you pretty good at that? Can you hit the target? or? I think I'm amazing because not only did I miss the target, I hit the little metal thing that was holding the target. I mean, who actually does that? I have enough aim to actually break the target holder and shoot off the clip. <laughs> Jeez. You know, I still this has still not been made clear to me. Were you aiming at the clip? We'll just say that I was. Mm-hmm. I Here's the thing with aim. First off, I don't know if I'm right or left-handed. So I can actually <laughs> I can actually shoot both ways. I write righty, but I feel like I shoot better lefty. So that was my first problem because I've been switching back and forth. My second problem is that I actually can't close one of my eyes. Like, it just doesn't work. So I have to, like, look like a pirate with an eye patch if I want to close an eye. So I don't actually know how to, like, look. And I don't like the spark. So I actually just close my eyes and shoot and hope that it hits something. Mm. And it hits the clip. It does. So that's even better. Which you're aiming for. So So have you shot the shotguns or anything like that? Maybe some semi-automatic weaponry no i walked into the gun place and asked them if i could try an ak-47 and they laughed at me hey well i mean if i went in there nasty they wouldn't laugh at me so probably not i don't know what the deal was they the guys in there yeah the guys in there they laugh at me all the time because apparently the girls don't normally come in in like heels and short shorts but i do and i I don't know what gun ranges you're going to the ones i go to that's all they wear I know. I even got myself some little pink uh, ears and pink um, eyeglasses things. They were really good. Hmm. You know, I I feel like this could actually be a hour long drama that is sold to different television networks. It could, like uh, follow you around with your new gun in yeah. traffic. You hmm. with weaponry is really something. Uh, it both terrifies. I'd like to see it through the lens of a, someone else's camera, so I could be there, but I know I wouldn't worry about getting shot. I mean, everyone should be excited because I can't actually conceal carry in this state. But should I decide to move back to Wisconsin, I think I'm a okay. Yep, you can do it there. So with, with no training whatsoever. With the conceal carry, could you like non-conceal? Like, could you just put like on like a like a, a low-slung holster and like just drop it in there and walk around with that where it's actually not concealed, but it is showing? I don't think I actually want to have a holster. I want to have them in between my boobs. I was just thinking. Do they have cleavage holsters? <laughs> no, you just put it in there. I'm pretty oh. sure it would work. You had a 22. If nothing else. Yeah. I. Would that still be considered conceal unless it's sticking out? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We're 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 looking at Sarah Stone right now. That may this is this is tempting, but may or may not touch on the concealing and the cleavage. 
All right, so Sarah, you've you've figured out where you're going to hold the gun. You've figured out uh, you've been practicing shooting. Maybe soon you're going to practice with your eyes open. Uh, what's next on the What's next on the list of things to do? Well, I am a business person, and I think it would be great to actually open a shooting range where we keep live animals to shoot because I really want to learn how to hunt. But I mean, what better practice than having like close range little bambies that I can just shoot and then it's like real life, like deer shootage all over the walls. I think that would be great. Deer shootage. 10 days, Steve. 10 days. 10 days. Um... Isn't this really what duck hunt is for? I mean, maybe this sounds strange, but isn't that? Yeah. You can't hunt deer with uh, a pistol. So you're going to have to start getting them shotguns. I don't know. I, I think that I just need a shotgun teacher. I'm I'm sure that uh, Gursky would be more than happy to help. Yeah. Hey, got an 870 pump. You get to. I'm pretty sure it. I'd lose a boob. Like, well, I think that that would hurt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would hurt. Put it right on the shoulder. Well, Sarah, we thank you for stopping by today. Keep us updated on your weaponry. Uh, I can say without with total assurity that I am terrified of where this might go. Thanks for the confidence. Well, Steve, as always, another entertaining visit from Sarah Stone. Changing topics, albeit slightly, let me ask you this. What do you think the most broken law is in American society today? The most broken law? Yes. Oh, I don't know. What is it now? 13 years ago, coming up on 14 years ago, there was a actual county law where I went to school. Well, there was two of them. One being you couldn't beat your wife unless it was on the steps of the county courthouse. You could bring her to there. It still was in, still written in the law. Never Where changed. was this? Laramie, Wyoming. You could beat your wife on the steps of the courthouse. And the other one was that was, wasn't changed was you could shoot Native Americans if there was six or more of them. Huh. That, that, uh... You know, a group. No, no, was. I, yeah. That's... This coming from the state where 16 is legal for consensual sex. Wow. I, I'm just, I'm struck, uh, I'm thinking about the uh, the beating your wife on the... Uh, <laughs> Don't make me take you to the courthouse! Well, no, it's like, it's like you get really angry at your wife, and you're like, honey, let's go to the justice of the peace. And it's like, oh, thank you, here we go, the, the beat down, it's like, you've got to step this, she's like, you know, this is the fourth time, we got, I'm going to learn one of these days. And that actually all came from uh an officer of the peace there was a cop there that we knew and um we didn't believe him so he actually brought the paperwork to show that that is that's true still still no it has not been changed wow what about you what do you think's most broken law um those are those are good uh when i posed the question i was originally thinking of a law that was most consistently not right, you followed. Have to pay taxes. That's a law. 
I was I was referencing in terms of whatever a law is in place that more people don't follow. Hmm. But well, the re- the reason I I was driving uh, and I saw I was in a I was near a high school marijuana and it said that uh, there's a no cell phone use or texting in school zones while driving. Oh, yeah. and I they actually they had made a legitimate like sign that they put up and I thought to myself, this has got to be the most not followed law or restriction anywhere in America that you have something like this. You have teenagers in cars, and they're not supposed to be texting or talking on the phone. Well, it's no different than Tec- in, in, in Illinois where you're not supposed to talk or text while driving. And Yeah. You, you know, I remember when you used to drive down the road and go, wow, that person's drunk. Yeah. And now you drive down the road and go, yeah, they must be texting. You know, it's – and it's it's pretty – it's getting ugly. Like I was driving a, uh, a highway going into the uh, into downtown Chicago recently, and you just see cars. They just sort of meander. It's like ooh, like this, just in and out of lanes. And it's like then all of a sudden you can actually see where the person like looks up because it's like the car sort of shakes a little bit. It's, it's like oh, here we go. And uh, I wonder whether it's going to be something like if you're if you hit somebody while you're drunk, uh, you know, it can be. Is it? Uh, reckless homicide or reckless endangerment or there's a um, there's actually a criminal charge if you're drunk and you hit and kill somebody I wonder whether something like that should be applied to the texting and driving. See I don't know if there is I don't know if that's considered inattentive driving um... but I'm saying like going forward I wonder whether something like that because this is going this it seems to be getting worse well you know what I think laws would you know need to be changed because of technology, you know, you got cars with that sync now, like Ford's got them. A sync? Not a sync, but sync is is the name brand where, you know, basically your cell phone is programmed into the car. Oh, and yeah. you can just okay. say, call, you know, call Chris, and it'll call you, and you can talk while you're driving. Mm-hmm. Studies have shown that even if you're wearing a hands-free device or it's going through the speakers of your car. You are not paying attention, even if your eyes on the on the road. You're not really paying attention to driving. You're if you're talking to someone about, hey, you know, I'm putting in this you know new doorway in my house. You know, how do I do that? And you're describing it. You're thinking and mental picturing them, yeah, and what you're talking about. So I mean, there could be an accident you know happening up ahead. Yeah, you can still get you know still be in an inattentive. I think on a shade of gray area though, what you're describing, I'm more fine with than the actual texting. Like I think anytime you are, uh, I think the problem, like I don't, I don't. Maybe this is because I can actually talk to people when they were in the cars together with with uh, with no problems. But I don't have a problem with people talking on the cell phone. It's the dialing of the cell phone. It's like, because nobody, if if I ever need to dial a, uh, a phone while I'm driving, I always hold the phone up, like, to the windshield. So even if I'm looking at it, I can still, like, see out of focus in the background what's going on. I'm not saying that makes it safer or safe, period. It's just I feel like that's something that maybe aids in the safety albeit slightly it's like i'm not tilting my head down to look at my knees i'm I'm looking still looking straight out the windshield yeah see now i think they should have in automobiles something that disables texting yeah i I could get behind that as soon as you get into a car you know 
You know, and the other thing, too, is I just heard this on the radio the other day, that there's an astounding, like, 35% of men that drive have masturbated while driving. Wow. 35%. It was like 10,000 people, 10,000 men that were surveyed, and out of that, 35% admitted to so as they so said, we're we're about like fifty two percent. That's where, what yeah. I'm thinking. More than half of them beat off while driving. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes you're stuck on the Eisenhower. It's you know late. There's construction. You want to get home. Uh, you know, your girlfriend's out of town on vacation down in Florida with her parents, or you're on your way back from a demo weekend <laughs> and you, you won the night. So you've been. Oh uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, where were we? <laughs> but I actually, I I think. The 35% uh, number, if that is in fact true, actually makes me think like... Not, um, hey, they said it on the radio. It's got to be true. It's got to be true. If And it, it may be confirmed on Wikipedia, but uh, that that seems low to me, actually. Because uh, <laughs> that's what they said. That's 35% admitted to it. Like no if shame. I had, if I had to guess, I would... I don't know. It, I could see 65-70. Like, if I had to guess, I would say 65-70%. That would be my guess. And if you have any trucker friends, they'll tell you that women do it all the time, and they can see into their car. Hmm. Yeah, women all the time. No, I uh, Yeah, I think just about everybody. I mean, I there was a guy I knew. Now, granted, this was, we must have been 23, 24. He, um... I'm not saying he didn't have issues that went across the board on this, but uh, he was a pretty regular. He was a pretty regular in that department. Like I'm guessing three, four times a week on the on the drive home from work. Wow! And, and his 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 statement about it when we were like, "Really?" was he's like, "I'm bored." It's like, listen to the radio. You know, they got they got something going on. I mean, that's not my. That's not my first reaction to... Or text? Yes. <laughs> well, there's a question. Yes, text. Oh, for the love of God, you're sexting so you could... Oh, come on. It's like, well, how do you expect... Can you me? imagine if you're doing that and wrecked and died? And then the first responders come to you and there you are with your <laughs> hand on your wiener. <laughs> you know? Gee, yeah, what happened it's like, here? It's like, did he really have to take his pants completely off? Wow, <laughs> that's just kind of strange. So yeah. he couldn't hit the brake pedal because that's where his pants were down around. Hmm. Yeah, there are, you know, that's one thing. Um, you, you don't, I, I think of this every once in a while when I look at something uh, in my office or something like that uh, where, you know, I, I you see something or it's like somebody, you know, there's porn lying here or there. And you just think, what happens if I have a heart attack today? And people come in and it's like they got to clean out my they got to clean out my office. And all they do is find all this horrible stuff. And it's like if if you're looking around, it's like, you don't you know, like, you know, why want... does this guy have this giant glass dildo? That's Yes. And what's with all these balloons? <laughs> Like you just you don't want people walking in, and it's like I know I believe Adam Carolla came up with a uh, he proposed a, a, a service where it's like you itemize all the stuff you don't want people to see who know you, and it's like they just come in and just clear it out, and it was I think he called it like uh, like forever after or something like that. So and it's like it seems like a pretty good idea because it's like I'm sure everybody out there has something. It's like you don't want people coming in, you don't like. 
you know, I still have both my parents are still alive and still well. And it's like if something happened to me today and my mom decides to, like, open up a drawer or something like that and out fall. Oh, God, Lord, the mind really boggles at the thought. I mean, it's like Anal you know, beads and <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. My boy. What was he doing? Oh, my goodness. And it's like, you don't want this. Like, uh, let's just get this <laughs> out of there. the lines that uh, the... Uh, who was the martial arts guy? Well, um, he was probably on these shows, Kung Fu: The Legend Returns, or something like that. But he uh, he was found dead in a motel room. Uh, oh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Yes. How would you like to be found like that? Well, didn't uh, Keith Carradine, the actor, is wasn't that the way he was found? Is that who you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He. That's the. That's and didn't. Wasn't the lead singer of NXS also yes. supposed to have done that? Yeah, that's not the that's not the way you want to go. Like especially, um, like at least in the case of uh, was it Michael Hutchins? Was that his name from no. NXS? No, I don't think so. Well, like um, at least in the case of the guy from NXS, he was younger. Like you know, he might have been thirty four. It's like you still got parents around. You, I mean, you know what? That where you're coming in and. It's like, oh, why is he hanging from the ceiling with a belt? And, oh, his pants. Oh, come on. Like, at that point, it's like you're you're sad, you're disappointed, but there's also that element of, oh, come on. And what like, the oh. hell did we do wrong? Yeah. Something, something went wrong somewhere. So we went from laws to strangling yourself with beating up. We've got range. That's I'll give it a, that. Yeah. I was going to say segue, but we're not really segueing. No, and something. you know we started out talking about fetishes, so it all it came full circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will wrap this one up, uh, much the way Keith Carradine did his neck with his belt, and uh, return next week with more. Lord knows what we're going to be talking about then. For Chris Numer and Steve Gersky Jr., go Gersky, go home, or go home with Gersky. I'm John Sensimer. We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and thank you for listening. Behind the Destruction would like to thank our producer, Maura Share and Kosher Studios, located in Woodridge, Illinois. Visit them on the web at koshersounds.com. For previous episodes of Behind the Destruction, the latest Demolition Derby news, and columns, you may visit us at behindthedestruction.com. 